Flavius Josephus, the first century Jewish historian tells us, there are still the remainders of that divine fire and the traces of the five cities are still to be seen. Popular thought has it that the cities were later covered by the waters of the Dead Sea. But if Josephus could see the cities in his day, then we should be able to view them also, as the water level has, if anything, receded since his time. Biblical description tells us the cities were spread out, forming a line along the Canaanite border, not grouped together in one area, as some may think. Driving along the coastal highway of the Dead Sea in Israel, one can soon see peculiar formations that are of a lighter color than the surrounding terrain. These are the ashen cities, destroyed by the wrath of God. These cities were consumed by intense flames, a supernatural heat that was directed by the hand of God. Today there is ash that is of lighter color than the surrounding mountains and terrain. As mentioned in the Bible, this is a desolate area where nothing grows. Inspecting the formations closely, one can see structures containing man-made elements, such as 90-degree angles. Even though the buildings were consumed by the fire, the remaining ash in these cities is comprised of a heavier material due to the inclusion of brimstone or sulfur and still retains some of the original shapes of man-made structures. This stunning structure stands out as a singular formation with four sides surrounded by a deep moat. We move in closer to inspect the unusual features evident on the side of the formation. On the side of the structure, this swirling pattern is different from any type of sedimentary rock or soil that would normally contain horizontal, even layers. These swirling designs were also seen in other ashen formations in the cities. This is evidence of extreme heat, up to 6,000 degrees Fahrenheit, where thermal ionization occurs, when the electrons repel and attract, forming these unusual swirling designs. In Lot's day, this area was a swirling cauldron of death and destruction, rained down from the Lord in heaven. Strange anomalies can be seen here, such as these fragile layers of material which disintegrate when touched. The limestone buildings in the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah were totally transformed into ash by the consuming fire of the Lord. Evidence of this destruction is revealed in the white gypsum anomalies in the area, including unusual shapes of chalk-like material, which is not found in other parts of the country. Even layers of white and gray material can also be seen, comprising gypsum and ash. At the time of Elijah on Mount Carmel, the Lord sent down a superheated fire from heaven, consuming the stone altar and sacrifice, turning them into ashes. When God unleashes a consuming fire, it will turn stone into ashes. At the perimeter of this city, one can see this amazing Sphinx still standing today. It was a pagan symbol positioned at the edge of town and was thought to protect the inhabitants from harm, 
the Sphinx stands alone as a singular structure with a defined shape. This particular Sphinx has an obvious demarcation between its base and the soil below it, another sign of a man-made structure placed on top of the soil. Later, we will see another Sphinx. From a higher level, a large section of gypsum has fallen down here. It clearly exhibits the alternating layers of white ash that is calcium sulfate, gray ash that is calcium carbonate. One can also find loose or powdery ash that is quite thick and has been deposited next to the formations. In the formations themselves, some material can be gently raked off the surface with the slightest touch. Looking down the city streets, one can notice man-made shapes which are not found in nature. Here we see a building with square sides or 90-degree angles. From the opposite side, we can see the same symmetrical structure and man-made angles. We can see the remains of walls that extended outward at 90-degree angles from the main structure. Once again, further evidence of man-made construction. Here we can see square windows that are visible in the walls of the structures, which give us a view of the past. Scanning the city for signs of prior habitation, we can see in the foreground a tower of cylindrical design positioned at the edge of the city. The remains have suffered greatly during 3,500 years of wind and rain erosion. Even still, there is the appearance here of streets and man-made structures. Here in the foreground, we have a conical shape resting on a raised area. A short distance away, we see another similar shape. As we pan across the city, we can see in the distance an arched doorway that exhibits a symmetrical shape even to this day. In this case, we have a large hardened clump of material that we broke open, revealing layers of previously heated material, including gypsum crystals created by the combination of limestone and sulfur. From the intense heat, various objects were melted in the cities. Here we have some material that was boiling on top, while the remainder of the substance pooled at the bottom, creating a solid base. A very unusual find here, but just another strange anomaly not found in other areas of the country. Here is another example of some type of substance that was melted from the extreme heat that God rained down from above. Resting on the ground, we find an unusual layer of gypsum crystals. Underneath the crystals is a layer of white gypsum, 
then gray ash, all of which was created by the great conflagration of heat, which consumed these sinful cities along the Dead Sea. Once again, we find more gypsum, this time in a circular formation of crystals, all radiating outward. Brimstone. Our first sample was found here, having been washed down from a higher location. This is the heavenly marker left behind, which proves the sites to be the real Sodom and Gomorrah. Down at Sodom and Gomorrah still, right in front of you, you see some unusual looking spots on this, uh, shall we say, layer of ash. It's not stone, it's ash. Now we'll move in for a close-up of this. And you can see that they're kind of circular shaped uh, places. Now what we have found, and we'll move in a little closer here, is that inside each of these is sulfur. Uh, that is in most of them. Now the ones that do not have sulfur in them and this one, we just took a bunch of sulfur out and put it in our specimen bag. But the ones that don't have sulfur have a very black center where they have, uh, where it's been very hot. So now we'll move in on this one where there is some sulfur still present. And back off just enough. So you can see what we're up to here. And we'll go collect that sample in a bag. Before I started using this knife, it was very, very sharp. Okay, here this is, and we have collected some more. And it smells. tastes like sulfur. Now the Bible tells us that it rained fire and brimstone upon the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah. Now what you see in front of you here is the results of large and small, well varying sized uh, chunks of sulfur, burning sulfur that have hit. And what we find here is that God rained this burning sulfur down upon this city and rain is a perfect description of it. It landed uh, just in the pattern that rain would fall and the stuff of course the accumulative heat of all of this upon the city set the entire thing ablaze. The uh, flashpoint of every material there, metal, stone, of course the people, and everything burned, and this sulfur continued to burn, and it vitrified the material around it. After it had uh, burned it all up, sealed itself off from the oxygen, and then of course smothered itself out, and in each of these little 
crystalline capsules here is a varying size chunk of sulfur and there are millions of these in these ashes that we have here. Now some of them we have cracked open so you can see the sulfur inside and others we have left intact but there are millions of these here. So this shows that God indeed rained fire and brimstone upon these cities. And if you look in your dictionary, under brimstone, you'll find that it is sulfur. A piece of the brimstone from the cities was lit at night, and soon there was a beautiful blue flame produced by the burning sulfur. A very strong aroma of sulfur filled the air and was overpowering if one directly breathes the fumes. Exploring the cities further, more brimstone was found of various shapes and sizes. Several samples had been washed down to areas below and were added to our growing collection. This brimstone is made of monoclinic, white sulfur that has been burned or cooked at a high temperature. It is quite different from natural sulfur that is formed in geothermal areas. Samples were taken to a lab for analysis. Next, the samples were dried and placed in a rock crusher then they were pressed onto a disc. Then they were loaded into a machine for the semi-quantitative X-ray analysis. Each sample was individually transported into the testing chamber for analysis. The results proved to be quite amazing. As the samples were found to be 98% pure sulfur, unlike any other sulfur found on Earth. This pure, cooked sulfur is the heavenly marker that was left behind to show the world that the Lord, without a doubt, destroyed these sinful cities at His command. Critics have said that the sulfur is from volcanic activity, but that type of rhombic sulfur is only 40% sulfur and is of a crystalline form, unlike the white, compacted monoclinic form that is found in the ashen cities today. Here is a round piece of brimstone embedded in a section of ash. Another clump of ash contains a piece of brimstone that has a burn ring surrounding the unburned sulfur inside. This mound of material has a lid that easily comes off, revealing the round nugget of brimstone inside. As we gaze across the southern end of the Dead Sea, we can view the El Lisan Peninsula in Jordan. Apparently the city of Gomorrah extended over to this peninsula in the days of Lot. One can find the same white formations in this area. Ashen formations are seen, including walls extending out at 90 degree angles.
we can also see clumps of gypsum scattered on the ground, like this one here. Brimstone is also found in this area. Incredibly, a Byzantine-era church was constructed here, as noted on this sign, built here because the area was known for its biblical significance. Back over at Gomorrah proper, we can see white, ashen worship structures built atop an acropolis or high place. Both a sphinx and ziggurat are seen here, side by side, much like what we see in Egypt at Giza, with the sphinx and the pyramids built in close proximity to each other. While inspecting Gomorrah, other visitors arrived to view the unusual formations. The Sphinx is made of a white material, whiter than the ash surrounding it. Perhaps it was built of more expensive components and dedicated to their pagan gods. The Sphinx represented a god of protection, but even it was consumed in the flames. It is approximately 30 feet long and is quite impressive, both in its shape and size. Resting near it is the ziggurat, symmetrical in shape and also comprised of a special white material. Here we can see a ziggurat standing next to a symmetrical tower. Next, we can see an arched door between two pillars and once again, another arched door. As we scan across the city, our eye notices a raised white formation in the distance. As we near the formation, we can see it is in the shape of a ziggurat. It turns out there are actually two ziggurats on this raised acropolis. As we stood next to one of the ziggurats, our team found perfect specimens of melted brimstone where the liquid from the burning sulfur had cooled down, forming a hard, crystalline shell around the unburned sulfur that was hidden inside. On the outside of the ziggurat, we spotted a piece of brimstone fused into the side of the formation. Using a knife, it was opened revealing the pure brimstone inside. Resting on a ledge of the ziggurat, we see another sample of brimstone that was opened with a knife, once again revealing the pure sulfur inside. The most impressive evidence was this cremated bone fragment that was left behind from some lost soul of Gomorrah. The bone marrow inside was cooked until it had turned white. And there came two angels to Sodom at even. And Lot sat in the gate of Sodom. And Lot seeing them, rose up to meet them. And he bowed himself with his face toward the ground. And he said, 
Behold now my lords, turn in, I pray you, into your servant's house, and tarry all night, and wash your feet, and ye shall rise up early and go on your way. And they said, Nay, but we will abide in the streets all night. And he pressed upon them greatly. And they turned in unto him, and entered into his house, and he made them a feast, and did bake unleavened bread, and they did eat. But before they lay down, the men of the city, even the men of Sodom, compassed the house round both old and young, all the people from every quarter. And they called unto Lot, and said unto him, Where are the men which came into thee this night? Bring them out unto us, that we may know them. And Lot went out at the door unto them and shut the door after him, and said, I pray you, brethren, do not so wickedly. And they said, Stand back. And they said, This one came in to visit, and must he always judge? Now we will do evil to you rather than to them. And they pressed on the man, upon Lot violently, and drew near to break the door. But the men put forth their hand, and pulled Lot into the house to them, and shut the door. And they smote the men that were at the door of the house with blindness, both small and great, so that they wearied themselves to find the door. And the men said unto Lot, Hast thou here any besides sons-in-law, and thy sons, and thy daughters, whosoever thou hast in the city, bring them out of this place? For we will destroy this place, because the cry of them is waxen great before the face of the Lord. And the Lord hath sent us to destroy it.